More positive coronavirus tests and apprehension from NBA staffs looking to go into the bubble. Plus, Adam Silver gives us an update on the social justice measures we might see at the NBA's restart. It's a Wednesday Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Wednesday, middle of the week. John Corrales here, one of your usual Wednesday hosts. You can find me on Twitter, RedsArmy underscore John, and I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Well, uh, this is all about the coronavirus, the league's return. This was a busy Tuesday, uh, full of, full of kind of semi-serious news. Well, not semi-serious, it's serious news here that yeah. a lot of, there are a lot of positive tests. We've got three more positive tests from the Denver Nuggets, unidentified people, but members of their Orlando traveling party, which caused them to shut down their practice facility. And Jake, uh, you know, three, three Pelicans players test yep. positive for the virus. What can you tell us about the Pelicans? Yeah, so uh, uh, David Griffin spoke to the media today via Zoom, of course, and that was one of the things that he had mentioned was that some players had tested positive. They weren't releasing the names, and he said that it was going to be three players had tested positive. We don't know whom, you know, I can tell you Josh Hart and J.J. Redick looked like they were playing golf uh, yesterday, so I don't think it's them. Um, but that's all they really kind of gave us. And they said they expected to see some positive results, I think, as a lot of NBA teams did. These three, by the way, are included in that total number of 16 that Woj tweeted out. So it's not on top of that. So it's lumped into that number. That was clarified later, too. So three more positive tests, which, again, what they expected, those guys have been isolated. They did go on to say that they've received no other positive tests yet. They're being tested every other day. I think that's the league-mandated protocol right now. So since that, it hasn't been a deeper infection, which I guess is a good thing. Um, and that's if it if that was the case, that would give me a lot of pause because you and I on the show last week said we felt like, yeah, go forward with this. Like, yes, there's risks, but is it greater risk than the home market? And once they maybe get into the bubble, are things a little bit safer? But once you start to see like if spread of infection after they've been tested, after they've been been in the facility. That's making me pump the brakes a little bit. Well, this is, this is the interesting part here. Like, my reaction is almost like, can we hurry up and get these guys into the bubble? That, because it's, it's pretty obvious that these guys on their own, just by being out in the world, are exposed to this. In, as is everybody. And so that's one of the reasons why I think maybe the bubble is safer. And it sounds like you maybe lean towards that too. When you see these guys ordering food or going to the market to buy groceries, you, you risk it there. You're not right. having to do that in Orlando. Right. That's, and, and that's kind of where I fall. If, if they're going to do this and we know they're going to do this, it's almost like, just get them down there already, which is weird to say because a lot of people are looking at the Florida numbers as, oh my God, the Florida, Florida is going to burn, burn to ground, burn to the ground with, you know, COVID. But this, if this facility is all cleaned off, it's all disinfected, it's all ready to accept coronavirus free people, if it's going to work the way they think it's going to work, then Damn it! Let's get these guys away from their their apartment to the the store to the wherever and get them in there. 
I, I really do think there's there's so much fatigue about this, and I don't want to go down a political road, but like we have screwed this whole thing up so much as a country that it's we've we've outlasted humans' ability to kind of like deal with this, and and everybody, yeah. like, myself included, like it's it's July, and like, I've been hold up basically since March at some point, like I can't, I can't mentally stay inside anymore. And no, I get it. And I think, and look that, that that's happening to everyone. And I, and I agree with that. That also maybe means that players might leave the bubble a little bit more if they're just tired, you know, the teams that make the NBA finals, when you're there for a hundred plus days, that is a long time to kind of be confined to that. But when you look at all the positive tests around the league, you can make the claim that it's safer. I'm not saying it is. You know, we don't, we don't know, but I think it's an argument that to be made and I think it's a potentially valid point. You know, everyone's worried about the workers going in and out. It's not like they're licking the faces of NBA players or just going to go up and have conversations with these guys. The NBA players aren't going to be around them for the most part. The NBA players are going to be around other NBA players, their families once those families are allowed in and the traveling party for the team. And like, that's about it. And I think that's safer than what we're seeing now because people are getting this. Some of these guys are going to clubs in Serbia. Maybe not some of these guys. One of these guys is going to a club in Serbia. Other These other guys are catching it other ways. You've at least got to remove some of that stuff, and I think it makes it a little bit safer. Now, my question is with the Nets, and that's where my concern really comes in with this. You know, they have had a number of guys test positive. It sounds like, and this seems unclear even when I've read it, maybe you know a little bit more, is that – you know, they tested negative. They went to their team facility. They did some, you know, the, the spread out workouts, the socially distanced workouts. They left. They caught it some other time. And then when they had one of their other tests, they tested positive for it. So they tested negative originally, then positive later. At least you catch it. And that's why you're doing these tests every two days. That's a bit of a concern for me, but it also goes to your point of we've just got to get them there. Yeah. I, I feel like. We're, we're kind of, I don't want to say we're at a crossroads. Like the, the, the nothing's going to stop this. This is kind of what the NBA expected. A bunch of positive tests. My, my concern really now is, so we've tested 300 plus p- players, staff, whatever. Um, so they expected some positive tests. Those guys are going to, whenever they test negative twice in a row, they get, they're back. Mm-hmm. They're good. Now between now, between that test and going to Florida, somebody's gonna catch it. Some, somehow somebody else is gonna catch it. So that's why they do the second round of tests. So you can go through this whole thing again. You gotta go down there, you gotta quarantine for a few days, get tested again. If you're positive, you stick around. Like, I, I, I'm concerned about these guys between now and then testing positive. And at some point, does, does that spread too much? Cause now these guys are traveling together. So if the Pelicans or the Celtics or whichever team have a couple of guys that test positive or, or, or tested positive, tested negative, I'm sorry, and then they catch it, they get down to Florida, then they test positive, well, they've been on a plane. They've been in a confined space. Does that spread? Does, does the mere fact of yeah. getting the players there do more damage than what could have been done in the bubble? Everybody's yeah, so concerned no, about Florida. It, what about getting there? No, it's it, that's I think where maybe we we were a little bit short sighted looking at it, but of course we wouldn't. I don't think you know we didn't know what to expect with any of this stuff. But yeah, that's the question. Like, once they're there, they're probably safe. Can, can they get there? Yeah. Like, 
That's the question right now for me. And that's where – I'm not as worried about it falling apart once they're in Florida. If they get there, I think it could be okay. You're seeing it now from from teams that are there um, in other sports. But getting there is proving not to be easy at all. Yeah, and now these these reports – Baxter Holmes had a great story on uh, ESPN – that there are staffs that, you know, the players, there's 17 players at most, but the, the traveling parties are up over 30 people. So it's, there's, there's 20 plus people who are worried, like, they, and, and they're not multimillionaires, not all of them anyway. I mean, so the coaches, but the staff members, there are people down there that are just working for like normal jobs. Yeah, no, entirely. Um, and, and it's, it's 35 concern? members of the traveling team and like that's 17 players. So that's a bunch of other people that can potentially get this and are at risk for this sort of thing. So there, there is a level of concern for people, uh, in organizations traveling down there and they don't get the same creature comforts that the players do. We're all focused on the players. I feel like the players are going to be fine. There's, they're 20 some odd year old. Guys, generally speaking, early thirties, elite athletes, generally speaking, when a, when a person like that gets it, they're, they're okay. But what about the 40 something year old, like PR person who's running around and works 12 hours a day and may not be in the best shape of his life. And what if that person gets it? And that person is someone who gets just a regular old salary and maybe working paycheck to paycheck that, that level of of all of this is, and they're the people who are going to be traveling with the players down there. So they're right to be concerned. Um, this is, this is the most negative I felt about it, Jake, for this, this stretch here. It's almost like crossing the, the ocean, the explorers crossing like the ocean during a storm to get to the, the calm shores. So you're like in the, in the Oregon trail, uh, yeah. caravan thing, like trying to ford the river and maybe like you're getting too much water in the schooner. I don't even know what those things are. Um, uh, yeah, I get it in the covered wagon and like, yeah, you're losing supplies here and it's like, Oh no, we don't know if we're going to make it across. Like that's exactly right. how this I feel feels right like now. like the most dangerous part of everything. Yeah. This, this definitely does. And this is the most, uh, negative I felt about it. Like you're feeling right now and I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, Adam Silver talked about it, and we're going to talk about that next. You know what I'm feeling positive about? Magic Spoon cereal. Have you had? So when's the last time you've had cereal before this? Uh, until I tried this, it had been like years and years and years. Look, I love it. I, you know, I'm not a huge breakfast guy, but cereal is always an easy thing. But like, I'm 34. You just can't eat that every day of your life anymore. It's too sugary and carby and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm in my 40s. Like, the 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 cereal marketed towards me is like, it might as well be tree bark. But this stuff came along. They they told us about Magic Spoon. We tried it. I can't believe it. It's it's super. It's delicious. It's sweet. It they got cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. They're all great. I like the frosted. Uh, the fruity stuff's actually pretty good. It almost tasted like fruity pebbles a little bit. Yeah, right. that's that was the one I liked the most. And like you know what? Like I I dug this. Like I could do this. I'm not a big breakfast guy, but you know every now and then I have phases where I try and force myself to do it. And like this is a great opportunity for it. And because it tastes so good, it makes me want to eat it. Yes, and you look when you're when I'm as I get older, I have to really watch things like sugar. This has zero sugar, zero. I don't know how they do it, but zero. Twelve grams of protein, three net grams of carbs in each. Serving, it really tastes amazing. I don't know how they do it. It's keto friendly, gluten friendly, grain free, soy free, low carb, GMO free. Uh, and this is no risk. 
we're we're gushing about it, but you're sitting there saying it's an ad. Why should I believe you? Try it yourself. Go to magicspoon.com slash NBA. Get the variety pack. Try it today. Use our promo code NBA to, at the checkout to get free shipping. And here's where it's no risk. Magic Spoon so confident it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you do not like it for any reason, any reason at all, they're going to give you your money back. Full refund, no questions asked. So what do you've got to lose? Magicspoon.com slash NBA. Use the code NBA for free shipping. And thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. Adam Silver had a discussion with uh, Time Magazine, this panel discussion, and the big question here is, what's the limit? Where, where are we going to go here? What's going to happen that, that, what's the line that can shut this, this whole thing down? Uh, we know that the NBA, we just talked about it, the NBA knew there was going to be positive tests. They know there are going to probably be more positive tests when they get to Orlando than they, when they get to Disney. They've built in time for all of that. They've even said, if somebody gets it during this whole thing, we're going to treat it like an injury. They're going to be out, quarantined, and when they get the two negative tests, they can come back. But there's a line, right, Jake? Where's the line where the NBA says, you know what? Dump it. The whole thing's just shut it down. It, it's not going to work. It, look, that's kind of the burning question and kind of what we're feeling right now. You know, we talked about that we feel it'll be safe when they get there, but things may not. That is a, a very realistic possibility if you're already having kind of this many issues. So what is that line? And Silver did say they're willing to shut it down if they need to, if things become too dangerous. I don't know what percentage of players being removed from teams it would be. And I'm sure this is something that it's like, hey, if every team only has 10 healthy guys all of a sudden, you probably don't want to play these games because that means more minutes for people, which they probably don't want after such a long break. It kind of is like a problem that compounds on itself. You know, more so, but I don't know what that line is. The NBA is spending a lot of money on this. They were talking about on the jump about this, that the NBA is potentially spending like what one and a half million dollars a day to be here in Orlando and do this. Like if you're sinking that in, you're going to probably push that line pretty far back in my opinion to not just waste, have wasted that money. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a, a big, it's a big number. And when they, you talk about how much money they're going to recoup. They're, they're spending a bunch of it here. So yeah, there's going to be incentive to let's, let's see how far we can push it. But I think where he says the, the line he used was significant spread. And here's the quote. Cause they, they asked what constitutes significant spread. And he said, I'm not sure. And the quote is, we have a panel of scientists, doctors, experts that are working with us and we're going to see as we go. Certainly if cases are isolated, that's one thing. I think a lot of determination will be our understanding of how community became infected. That will be part of our judgment in terms of whether we should continue. But it's certainly, if we had a lot of cases, we are going to stop. So that's it. He acknowledges that the new reality here is the virus is here. It's not going away until we get a, a, a vaccine. And that might not happen for another seven months. So if if we're going to play if we're going to try to do this and live with this this is this is what we've got to do but it sounds like to me that if they had he's he didn't put a number on it 
Because if they had 15 cases and there were 15 individuals, you could just say, well, those are each individual cases. But if you had 15 cases and they were all the Boston Celtics, then that would be the significant spread. Because all of a sudden it, it looks like it's contagious and it's spreading within a team and they would have to do something, right? Like, or if it's within that hotel. So the number itself might not be the exact determining factor. Obviously if it's a hundred, then that's a hundred, that's a big number. But yeah, if it's, you're it's keeping how it, that number is, how they get to yeah, that number. I, I'm with you that like, does it look like it's, it's kind of spreading across one of the re- three resorts that the teams are going to be staying at? Does it seem like it's maybe spreading through a specific group of people, like a team or front office or something like that? And that's where it's like, hold on, this thing is growing and growing and growing and we really need to kind of get it under control. Uh, and, and that's probably what it is. I think it's a good point. If it knocks a team out of commission in any capacity, I think that's where they're really going to look at this and be like, do we want to continue doing this? Because it's already disrupting us. And if we're already disrupted and it's going to take us so long to kind of get back on track, which it would, I think that's a very big deal. And that's probably where they're going to cut it off. But, you know, Silver says he doesn't know. No one knows. Like we, we don't know what to expect in this. There's a huge risk that this may bomb and fail. And it's unfortunate we have to, you know, the league has to take that risk, I think, but they do. And they've all agreed to this. So again, it's just, it's weird. Like I, I just use that shrug emoji all the time because like, I don't, I don't know. Like we're supposed to be experts on here. And you know, it's like when you, when you do kind of like sports talk, like you pick a side, you come out strong on a side, hot takey if you want. I can't do it in this case because like this is so like outside of the realm of everything we're supposed to like think about. Yeah. No, no one knows. No one knows. Um, what, what significant spread for one person is not significant spread for another person. We, um, you know, I, I've seen people just on Twitter responding to me saying restarting at all is stupid. Just doing it in any form is stupid. And there are other people who say, you know what? I, I can see, I can see the plan. And I think we fall somewhere in that. Um, it's, but who knows? We're, we're just trying to process information. And I think if one thing's been made painfully clear, processing this information means different things for different people. So whatever the NBA yeah. does, whatever they see, uh, the only thing that I can say is this panel that he's talking about where he says scientists, doctors, and experts, if they really have this group together and, and there's a, a panel there that can look at this and advise the NBA – then I feel at least good about the NBA taking that recommendation. Like I feel like they've been pretty strong about the recommendations and, and following what the experts are saying. This is why they put this plan into place. Like aside from them saying, well, you, you probably shouldn't play, but if you are going to play, here's how you can do it. So they follow that plan and I think it's pretty universal that most experts say, well, if you're going to do it, this plan looks okay. So hopefully that continues. And if something does happen, the experts there can guide the NBA and decide what's, what's an outbreak and what's isolated cases. Well, that's the good thing. I don't think the NBA would be doing this unless they felt they had good recommendations from medical experts. Let's just use that as kind of a blanket term here to go forward with this. You know, they've been listening to people. It's not like, you know, they're just kind of going rogue and being like, we are going to put on a season, screw everything else. Like 
there's there's some science behind all of this, and I'm hopeful and I'm sure they would listen to the science if things really started to look like they're falling apart and they needed to make that determination to cancel the season. Partially, too, because just imagine the blowback on the league and the bad PR if they didn't. Right, right. If the league does anything to move forward that that is just purely money-driven, like we know this is all about money, but – at some point, you got to turn it over to the experts in, in that situation. And if they don't listen to the experts, it's a, it'll be a disaster. There, there's another element to all of this, and that's the social justice element. And there was news about that, kneeling during the anthem, and what, what players can put on their jerseys. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. If you are a busy person like both of us, and you're looking to read, it's very difficult. It's tough to learn new things and do all the things you need to do. I have used this new app that uh, has really helped out with this problem. It's called Blinkist. It's really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. It takes the best key takeaways, all of the need-to-know information from like a thousand, thousands, plural, of nonfiction books, boils them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people are known for reading a lot of books, and Blinkist is made for people like you. It's got an audio feature, sort of like a podcast. You can make It makes it really easy to finish a book, whether you're on a commute, a lunch break, you're working out. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now. I'm one of them. I was on vacation recently. I sat on the beach and listened to a couple of Blinkist books while I was just chilling there watching seals bob around off Cape Cod. It's beautiful. Blinkist has all the latest titles from bestseller lists as well as classic nonfiction titles that you always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you can get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want to read for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. You'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. If something goes wrong with my car and I pull over, I will I will pop the hood and look at the engine. I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'll do it, and hopefully something pops out at me. Uh, if you do look at an engine and understand what you're looking at and you need something fixed, you should go to rockauto.com. Somebody like me, I can replace windshield wipers. I can replace the, the headlights. I could do that, a new carpet. I will also go to rockauto.com. Uh, you can save up to half or more off of a, a part that you will find at an auto parts chain store. You go into a place like Advance and you ask for a part, for example, a fuel pump assembly for a Honda Odyssey. You go in there and you're going to pay 354 bucks for it. Rockauto.com, 217 bucks. That extra money is going to go a long way for you, and you don't know if they're going to have the part you want in stock in stock at one of those places. You're going to walk in there, you're going to take what they have, and you're going to walk out. The selection at rockauto.com is much bigger. The prices are the same, whether you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer like Jake. 
the prices are the same. They're reliably low. Uh, the lowest prices around and they're not going to change around like they do with like an airline. So go to rockauto.com. I know Jake has done it. Jake, what did, what did you buy at Rock Auto? I, I just installed a new master cylinder in my 1976 Corvette. And look, they don't carry those type of things at chain stores. So if you, and with so many different makes and models out there, like they don't, they're not going to have what you're looking for. It can be a huge pain. But if you go to rockauto.com, they make it easy to find the exact part for not just your make, your model, but the specific trim if it needs that too. So they make it as simple as possible to get the parts that you need, whether it's you or you're just looking to do this yourself and save a little bit of money or you're restoring something, rockauto.com. Like that is my go-to for this. Yep. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We've talked a lot about player safety, which is paramount in this restart of the NBA. But in the midst of this plan to restart the NBA, we had the George Floyd murder in Minnesota. And then that added a social justice element to this. Players were kind of... Uh, afraid and it, I, the feeling has been that the pandemic actually helped keep the focus on the social justice movement because there was no distraction nowhere to turn so now the nba has been trying to figure out how do we help these players carry on this message how do we do it in, in an effective way so we've got black lives matter being painted on all three courts uh which is nice it's a nice step. Uh, players are going to be able to put messages on their jerseys, some sort of slogan. Now, one thing that did come out on Tuesday, there was a discussion about putting the names of police brutality victims on the jersey. So you want to, some people might want to put, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, like any of these names, but it was kind of nixed, not Fully, but there's a fear that by, by putting specific names on a jersey, that you're inadvertently excluding some names, and there are going to be family members who are going to say, hey, what about, what about this person? What about that person? You know? See, is that the fear though? Like, is that so. the fear and why the NBA's, that's well, the reasoning they're giving, but is that like actually well, the, players the, the motive behind this? The players association is the one that has that fear. Oh, okay. That I did not see. I just had seen that they weren't allowing them to put yeah. specific names on. Okay. That's a little bit interesting, but I wonder if that's also coming from, from elsewhere. The, you know, Maybe. the NBA Maybe. seems willing to let players do, uh, make statements, do things to a certain extent. And that extent isn't very far. It's great. They're putting Black Lives Matter on the court, but players wanted real actionable change. You know, I, I can't imagine, and JJ Reddick said this recently, uh, on, a, on another podcast saying that like, yeah, that's great, but we need to do more. And so I don't know sure. if these lengths that the league is going to is really going to make these players feel great about it, or if it's just kind of a little bit of window dressing. It's important. I'm glad they're doing this. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with that, but it just feels like there could be more. And if the NBA or the Players Association is saying, hey, let's not put these names on the back, I wonder how much the NBA actually wants to wade into this necessarily. You know, 
right. came up in the same interview with Adam Silver when they were talking about the national anthem and the NBA has had a policy in place since pre David Stern that you stand in a line like an acknowledgement of the of the anthem basically. So if a player wants to kneel, are they allowed to do that? And Silver just said like, yeah, we'll we'll figure out if we can allow them to kneel when we cross that bridge. You probably need to figure that out. And also, why wouldn't you allow them to kneel unless you really don't want to kind of get into this and the battle that the NFL has had in this? So when I hear these statements and I see what's kind of going on, I want like, it rings a little bit hollow of what the NBA is trying to do and say. So uh, I, just because the word allow is being thrown out there, Silver did say, I'm not comfortable with the word allow. True. Um, and and he did say uh, he did acknowledge that rule. He said, but I also understand the role of protest, and I think that we'll deal with the situation as it pre- when it presents itself. So as far as the window dressing, yes, it's window dressing for sure. Um, but my, I've had this conversation with a couple different people. I've had it online. Because I feel like more is coming, I'm not prepared to knock the NBA just yet for window dressing because there are definitely people who say, oh, Black Lives Matter on the court? Yeah, what else? Well, they, they're, I think this is a work in progress. And I think that if, if there is another thing coming, if there are more things coming, and on Friday they did say that there is an investment in black owned businesses when the NBA, in the NBA's business, they will be more inclusive of black owned businesses. That the NBA is revisiting and coming up with strategies to address the fact that the front offices and the coaching ranks are, are disproportionately devoid of black people when you think that the, you know, when you see that the league is 80% black. Uh, that they are working on a much bigger picture plan that there's going to be an NBA fund, a foundation that's created. So, I'm not going to react negatively just yet to names on the back of the jersey or the Black Lives Matter on the court because I see them all as little wins that you pick up along the way. It's almost like like when you're if you're broke and you find a nickel on the ground and you pick it up. That nickel's not going to do much for you, but when you add it up to the other nickels that you pick up, soon you've got a few bucks. And soon that means something. So I I don't want to be dismissive of these little tiny things that on their own don't mean anything when I feel like more is coming. So, okay, that's entirely fair. I, I don't disagree with any anything you said here. We're really bad, by the way, then, at this whole, like, sports talk thing if we're, like, not disagreeing on I stuff, know, too, I here. Um, but... I'll just randomly I, so call you an idiot like, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> no, so it definitely seems like more will be coming. They they have to. They're, they're, they don't have a choice on this to appease the players and make the players happy. Like, And it's the right thing to do, I think, as well. It just seems weird that they've got limits on what they're going to allow these players to do that probably kind of protect the NBA's business interests a little bit. You know, like, there's no way they're going to allow a player to put free Hong Kong on the back of a jersey, right? Sure. After everything, like... But and also, just, I don't think that this, that's what this is about, either. No, it's 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 not, but it definitely does seem like they're limiting some of this stuff because they're worried about some of the backlash. Otherwise, you would just say, like, go ahead, just don't put yeah. anything 
that's like truly offensive but on them. Not, you know, they, they didn't threaten to not come back over the Hong Kong situation. They're threatening. No, no, of course, I'm, I'm just using that as an example yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. There, there's limits here that the NBA is protecting itself against lost revenue. And sure. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why, you know, Adam Silver is not, yeah, if players want to kneel, they can kneel. Well, like it's not hard to say that. I don't know if that's something you necessarily need to wait on, you know, like what, what, what's hard about making that decision right now and just saying and doing, you know, what everyone is probably going to think is the right thing. Yeah. I feel, I feel like th- there's a little bit of Adam Silver is a lawyer and that he's not going to yeah. make these, these grand things like, um, I feel like, which is, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just no, 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 the way my it. perception of it is like, it, it, this one is pretty cut and dry to me. Maybe there's other things they're going to do too, but like, what if players want to do this? That does make a big statement, particularly. I don't go think, ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I don't think like if players kneel during the anthem, I don't think there's going to be discipline. They, and if we're talking about hurting their business, you know, because they want to, they don't want to be too, too out there. Painting Black Lives Matter on each court does put it very much out yes. there. You know, like it, we, yeah. we, there are people who are dismissive of that, but getting people to say Black Lives Matter and understanding why they say that thing, that's, that's important. Like, so inevitably somebody's going to watch that basketball game with a, a, a member of the family and they're going to go, Oh, all lives matter. And there's going to be a conversation. Between the person who says, no, do you understand why you can't say all lives matter until black lives matter? And if those conversations happen, then those going to happen throughout the, that, that does trigger something that is meaningful. No, that's fair. So I'm not like crapping on this being like, it's completely hollow. I I don't think it it is. And it's, it's a good use of it and they should be doing this. It's just, uh, again, the limits on some of it seem a little, make me kind of look at this and go, huh. What's going on here? And if it is just protecting their business interests, you know, you can probably strike the right balance of doing that and doing other things. And I'm sure we'll see the other things you said. There's going to be more coming that probably makes up for some of this stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think this is the Republicans buy sneakers too type mentality. I think. No, not I, at all. I think that the, the, the names and, and not putting specific names on the back of the jersey, I, I do buy the argument and I think it is coming from the players association that they don't want to accidentally exclude somebody and have a family of a person murdered by police sit there watching a game and go, well, where's, where's his name? Where's her name? Why are they forgetting about this person? And, and, you know, maybe inadvertently causing that family, as they say, inadvertently causing that family some pain to say, Hey, you know, what about, what about us? We're feeling it too. So, it's it is definitely a balance and and as long as as long as it's coming from the right place and they're then then I'm good with it. If it is coming from a place of let's protect our businesses, our business interests, then then that's where I do have a problem with it. But I, I don't think that's the case. So no, I think that that's fair, and it's probably me just jumping the gun on this stuff a little bit too, and a bit of a wait and see. But look, it, it's not just performatory in my opinion. These things do matter, and I think. They're taking good first steps, so let's see where the next steps are. Let's see. All right, that is the Wednesday Locked on NBA podcast. It's a lot, a lot going on. Hope you've enjoyed it enough to subscribe if you're a new listener. If you're a regular listener, a five-star rating and a good written review would be fantastic. Thank you to our sponsors, Magic Spoon Cereal. It's an amazing cereal. It tastes great. And uh, zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, three net carbs. Uh, go to magicspoon.com slash NBA and use the promo code NBA 
at checkout for free shipping. Also, Blinkist. Blinkist is an app that uh, gives you condensed books down to like 15 minutes, nonfiction books. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it free for seven days. Get 25% off your new subscription. And Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. On Wednesdays, I'm one of your co-hosts, John Corrales. I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter, RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Thanks for listening, everybody. Now tell your smart device to go play the latest episode of Rejecting the Screen.